Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a football Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you uh, spending some of your morning here with us, and we've got a, a lot to get to here today on a Friday, as we normally do, which we will culminate by giving uh, four of our listeners an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Uh, Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. The uh, Hawkeyes have finished their virtual media days, a number of the coaches uh, yesterday. Uh, We will uh, recap that with Tom, find out what he learned, uh, and look forward to doing that here in about 25 minutes. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, in his regular spot on a Friday, brought to us by Papa John's here uh, in Central Iowa. The Chiefs host the Raiders. They catch a break, no Thursday night game, mm-hmm. as that game has been moved to Sunday now. I thought maybe that might end up on a Monday, because these doubleheaders on Monday... It's pretty nice. Aren't they fun? Yeah. And we'll get another one this week. I know Broncos, the Broncos are not pleased. Look, they're a one-win football team. I, I get that it means a short week. You know what mm-hmm. I think they're most pissed off? Is they're going to get... They're not going to get Stidham. They're not going to get Hoyer. They're going to get Cam Newton, in all likelihood, with that extra day. That's where the frustration really I lies. think it is. Yeah. You know what? Uh, just play the game, and they will, and they'll do so. What did you say? Four o'clock? Four o'clock Central Time was to kick on that. So, And you told me, and I didn't see this, Fowler and Herb Street. Yes, uh, Pro Football Talk had that this morning. They'll be on the call, so a double duty again for them this week as they'll make the uh, the trip over. Will they make the trip with COVID uh, cases? Yes. yes. I th- well, they, they did last time. Yeah. And then they will just, I think... Um, you know, show us once once the regularly scheduled game and Levy and company will just the contrast in the two announcing crews. Uh, it'll be apparent again on Monday night because these guys, Fowler and Herb Street, did a terrific job in their first. What did they have? Jets or Giants? They had a game uh, in NYC, did they? Right. Not? Yeah, I don't even remember. It was Giants. Giants Steelers. Giant. Was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, so many games. Yeah. But, but it's been fun. I'm not complaining. Bama Bob will be here. Speaking of so many games, we'll take a look at some of the marquee games in college football this week. Dave Sproul, our friend from KASI in Ames, will talk Iowa State with us about 11.25-ish. Uh, Claxton's Barbecue giveaway, as we mentioned, 11.45. And then our picks uh, on how we see a five-pack of games coming up here before we get out of here just before noon. We're going to add an extra game to Claxon's this week. Normally, it's a four-prop uh, proposition uh, this week with the Rays and the Yankees playing a game five tonight. You and I are both baseball mm-hmm. junkies. Hate to skip over that. We'll put the Yanks and the Rays in there uh, at the very end. So let's start with what I thought, Trent, was a thoroughly entertaining Thursday night football game last night. It's fun to go back on Twitter from about 7.20 to <laughs> 8.30, 8.20. About an hour's worth of Bears fans 
ripping on their quarterback, and understandably so. It was very easy to do. It was. But those tweets, uh, uh, the about face on a lot of those as fools, uh, he was good when it counted, right? He was bad early in the football mm-hmm. game. That throw to Robinson oh, early my, in the how game. Do you, how do you miss that, right? There's nobody within oh, my 12 God. yards. And then Mooney was wide open yeah. for a touchdown down. He had five yards on the nearest defender. And it's, uh, it's 13 nothing, and it feels for all intents and purposes. It's over. I thought it was. I really did. And they get the turnover, and yeah. it's 13-7, and all of a sudden it's halftime, and, and you're up 14 they've got the lead. How did that happen? Uh, it, it was just a blitzkrieg. It was incredible. It, it was so much fun as a Bears fan last night, and mm-hmm. that's what this team is. When you've screwed up quarterbacks for 60 years, and since Sid, Sid Luckman, that's what this Eesh. organization has done Eesh. at the quarterback position, these are the kind of games that you're going to have to win. You're going to have to go 15-1 with Kyle Orton as your quarterback. You're going to be 13-3 and with some bad quarterbacks that we've seen in the past, yet... They're there. They're in the mix, and now mm-hmm. at four and one, it would be a surprise if this is not at the very least a playoff team. Well, if we would have gone back prior to the season and looked at chunks of five, I'm not sure why we would have. But if we would have, mm-hmm. you'd certainly sign, and I think all Bears fans would have signed for four and one after five games of the regular season, knowing against some of the teams you're going to play against, and here they are at four and one, and. Uh, off they go to Carolina a week from Sunday. But the game itself, Trent, it was it was fun to watch. Here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. A guy who's won as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has, who's played in as many big spots as Tom Brady has, with everything on the line and pressure and you have to make a play, he's done it his entire career. Did he not know it was fourth down? So he puts the four fingers up, and that's what led to all the speculation about mm-hmm. what it was, what he was thinking, what he was doing. And I think... A big part of that is the throw that he made there. Right. That was deep down the field. Deep down the field on fourth down. That's not chucking it down, doing your check down, getting the first down, and restarting things. That was a throw that you would make on third down. Mm -hmm. Because of that, my belief is that, yes, he didn't know what down it was. He thought it was third down. Now the other side would be well the apologists are all, he was trying to he was trying to con, uh, confuse the officials. Now to be fair to Tom, maybe he was watching the Braves and the Marlins when the umpire behind the plate decided that at ball four you get an extra pitch and stay right here. So I guess it can happen. Uh-huh. I don't think he knew what down it was. So what's a what's a worse look for Tom Brady? A that he didn't know what down it was, or B that he was trying to cheat again. What's a worse look? For Tom Brady, neither of them are good. Yeah, but what's worse? That's a great question. Um, I mm, <laughs> you can play both sides right. of this argument. We're not on first take, so we don't have to just take one side. Yeah. But I think it's a worse look that he's trying to cheat again. Yeah, I, right. A gaffe, a mental mistake. Now, the other problem: if this happened a decade ago, he's thirty-three. But the jokes about. Being older? Yeah. He's not doing his prevagen, Trent. Right. You know, prevagen works. <laughs> I saw a couple of those tweets last night, too, which really cracked oh, me was up. Yeah. Some... I think one of them came from uh, one of the Bears beat reporters. Is that what it was? Yeah. Or somebody in Chicago it was, as we saw a lot of that on Marquee Network. But either way you look at it, it's a terrible look for Tom Brady. But I think the worst look is cheating. Yeah. I was trying to dupe the officials into giving us a free down. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a day after, two days after the 25th anniversary of the infamous fifth down play. Colorado in a season that yeah. ended up being Mizzou, really good right? for them. Yeah. yeah, And they got the fifth down play yeah. and uh, got the touchdown that ultimately won that game for them. Not going to get five downs. <laughs> NFL was able to catch this one. But regardless, Tom Brady, 
He's going to have plenty of questions yeah. coming his way. Arians, he knew what down it was. That's, I mean, he's he's taken uh, fallen on the sword for his quarterback. Ah, oh, what a, whatever. It was it was a fun game. Trent really was. I enjoyed it. As a, I didn't care who won. Um, it's a great spot to be in when you're just watching a game to be entertained. And I was last night. I really and truly was. Baseball wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched the Yankees and the Rays early, and now here comes Garrett Cole. We both said yesterday, we'll both probably be proven wrong because that's what happens to us on most days. <laughs> um, we both thought that you know, if the Rays are going to win this five-gamer, they better win game four because here comes Garrett Cole. And Glasnow's going on two days rest? Yes, yeah. So Two days rest. Three innings, four innings, that's what they're probably looking to get out of him, I'd guess. Maybe 50, 60 pitches at the most. You're probably going to get there, and then you roll it out afterwards. But with their bullpen, with Glass now, mm-hmm. who is very talented in his own right, they can cobble something together. You just got to get to Cole. Easier said than done. Yeah, that's for sure. Although now, game one, I mean, he wasn't Garrett Cole. He as gave we up know. three. He did strike out a lot, you're right, and he, got, he got, somehow got out of a bases loaded jam. What was that, the fifth that I thought that, that was uh, going to come apart mm-hmm. from him? But uh, it didn't. Uh, so we've got a game five tonight. And a pretty good college football game tonight. You know, it's pretty It's an good. ACC game. It is. Louisville-Georgia Tech, I would sign for that. Now, knowing that, you know, I looked ahead to next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there's no Thursday night football, Bills and the uh, Bills and the uh, and the Chiefs are off. They've moved that game to a Sunday now. As we started to say, I was surprised they didn't move it to Monday because these double dips. But maybe the way the COVID is going is the Jets now have called things off. Maybe maybe we will get the double dip on Monday. But uh, it's a big advantage for the Chiefs not having that Thursday game. Don't give me the fact that they played already played their Thursday game. Week one doesn't count. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to play one of these during the regular season. Uh, they catch a break not having to travel to Buffalo. Look, they're a good football team, uh, but that was going to be one of the Thursday, I think one of the marquee games on Thursday because the Bills are good and the Chiefs are terrific. I wonder uh, what the TV numbers are going to be for Bears Bucks last night. Bears, when they're good, always rate incredibly well. Yeah, I have to think it's going to be a big number. I would think so too. You have Brady on the other side, uh-huh. of course, and this new team and Gronk and everybody else. I got to figure that was going to be a huge one. And they're probably looking at back to back. Because Hugh Mahomes, though Kansas City's not a big market, Buffalo's not a big market. Yeah, but he's the face of the he's, league. He's the face of the league. Right. And now after going back-to-back, looking at those big numbers, still, I think the networks have to be loving this. You look at now the CBS game that we're going to get on, was it Tuesday? Tuesday night, yep. They don't have their normal programming. They're scripted shows that normally at this time are dominating. Oh, they don't? It's a lot of reality TV. That's all that's on because, well, you can't make television shows. Or if you are, never even thought of they're that. still in production. So these yearly series, right. they haven't started shooting. I never even thought of that angle. You know, watching Saturday Night Live, I uh, watched the replay at it on DVR a couple nights ago. And watching them do it. Saturday Night Live's a little bit different. Seeing the crowd, they took a crowd yeah. shot, and you know that normal area that's packed down below. There was like forty people down there. It was just uh, completely different the way they Trent, did it. Since that show's been on the air, I bet you I haven't watched it three times. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Never, never an uh, SNL guy. Never barely into it. That was one of my favorite favorite shows growing up, and I've continued. Don't watch it live. Haven't right. watched it live in a long, long time. But always have it on the DVR. Some weeks, eh, fast forward through most everything. Mm-hmm. Others. I watched basically the whole thing, and I did that with the first episode. Chris Rock, they uh, had a, a sports type of um, skit on there where they did the NBA bubble draft, where as the bubble is finishing, the guys drafted uh, who they wanted to take home, what young lady was going to go oh with my. them. 
<laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, my. Uh, anyways, um, so you've got high school football tonight. Yep. The regular season ends tonight. How crazy uh, is that? It's, it's unbelievable. Blinket, it's over, right? So where will you be in that game? Well, let me let me do this plug first of all before we get into you because I'd like to give our friends Joe Stacy and Lawful Holston Company. Uh, they'll be out uh, all over uh, fields throughout central Iowa tonight, 630 to 11. Local games of interest under the light scores and updates, play-by-play, and a full scoreboard that takes you until 11. At that time, your game of the week will replay. And who is your game of the week this week? Get to see number one Southeast Polk one final time. As Well, they will have a bye next week, as most everybody will in 4A. Uh, they take on Johnston, the Dragons, the last couple of weeks. It's been rough for them as they got blitzed by Waukee, led early in that game before the Warriors came back, and then last week, Ankeny really put it on them. We'll see if Johnson can respond. Of course, had that big upset win. Oh, well, feels like a lifetime week ago. Week two? Yeah, against yeah. Dowling Catholic as they beat the Maroons there. Two or three, anyway. They're going to have to play that kind of game, though. They're, they're not going to be able to win a shootout against Southeast Polk. They're going to have to keep this thing slugfest, low scoring, and against that physical front, 280-pound average. Uh, for Southeast Polk on the offensive line. It's a high school team, again, we're talking about. 280 up front, very difficult to do. But be out there, one more look at the Rams and Dragons. You can hear the replay at 11 or catch it live, the video stream at 7 o'clock at CISN. Now, are there any other games, big games? I know Valley and Centennial play. Yeah. Normally that would be... I think that's a huge game. For what re- In what respect? Because both teams are having disappointing years. They are. Both teams come in with just one victory on the season. But I think do believe... Think about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Pazetti and Swenson coach teams, both one victory. I'm going to guess it's never happened before in either mm-hmm. of their careers. And one of them is going to have a one-win regular season, even as they were rebuilding programs and the like. I don't think it's ever happened. Which tells me Pazetti's coming back for another year because yeah, he's, he's not going he's, out on one win. Well, and they, they played a ton of sophomores this right. year. So, so he's got two years. He's got two years. <laughs> I hope he's got a handful. Uh, yeah, a dozen I hope he left. goes as long Absolutely. as he wants. Absolutely. But. The winner of this one, I believe, now they're doing a pod system. It's not a straight bracket. It's not going to be seeded one through well, the four Des Moines schools and one in 3A with Hoover, but the four and 4A, 36 schools. They're not going to seed it one through 36 and have a true bracket. It's going to be a pod. I believe, though, the winner of this will get a bye in the opening round, won't have to play that first game and then come back. I do believe the loser, though, is going to have to play an opening round game. Maybe Council Bluffs TJ maybe would be a team that possibly could come over and play the loser tonight. So, Centennial Valley. so they won't have to travel west. Is that what I you're... wouldn't think so. Okay, I, I think there's enough teams, enough winless teams that they still would be able to host. There's only going to be four games in 4A, but I believe one of them very well could be either Valley or Centennial, whoever loses tonight. So I think really for all intents and purposes, maybe the most important game. Yeah. What do you look at it from that vantage point? Still waiting decision on Jake Rubley. Is he going to play for Valley? Well, when did Bruce eligible? just come? About lunchtime? Yeah, something like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe early afternoon last week that he, because his appeal was the same mm-hmm. time frame wise, and it came out on Friday, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I talked to Coach Swenson yesterday for our pregame show with CISN, and Asked him, and he said, eh, you know, hope, as long as we got a couple hours, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, I've been asked to ask you yeah. your thoughts on uh, uh, Iowa City West versus Kennedy tonight. Kennedy has uh, been difficult to get a read on. Iowa City West, the same thing. Iowa City West only played three games mm. because of the Iowa oh, City you shutdown. Said that yesterday, that's right. So they're probably going to be 4 0. I think they're the great unknown. Marcus Morgan's their quarterback. You remember Jeremy Morgan, who played sure. at UNI, his younger brother. Uh, they had a sister that played basketball also, I think, at UNI. But really athletic family. He's a really good baseball player. He's a really good football player. But I just haven't seen enough about him. 
I know he's had some interest at the D1 level as a quarterback, but they're kind of the team that we just we don't know a ton about it, and that goes for Eastern Iowa as a whole. Pleasant Valley's undefeated. They played nobody. You know, their their strength mm-hmm. of schedule is really down there. Haven't played and the teams that they have beat a Bettendorf isn't very good for Bettendorf standards this year. So Eastern Iowa as a whole, there isn't a whole lot of depth over there. Cedar Falls is down from what they've been the last couple of seasons. Just very difficult to get a read. My concern is though, as they talking about they're talking about very regionalized playoffs. Does that mean that we're gonna see Ankeny and Southeast Polk and Waukee and mm-hmm. Dowling? All beaten up on each other even before we get to the Unidome? Uh, it sounds like you might. So so listening to you uh, regarding next week in the buys, mm-hmm. are you going to have trouble finding a good game next week? Probably for a game. I would guess I'll probably dip down to 3A, possibly do something like that. Of course, we have the Norwalks, the so, Carlisle's ADMs. Probably going to do something in that route, I would guess. Give me an idea what what 4A might look like next week. Next week, will it'll be Centennial hosting... 0-7, Council Bluffs, oh, Abe Lincoln. It'll be 0-6, Sioux City West, making their way to take on 1-5, Council Bluffs, oh, wow. mm. Lewis Central. Mm. It's it's going to be mm-hmm. that kind Four games. Right. Waterloo East against the worst Cedar Rapids School. That's what you're going to see. Yeah. Three will be more compelling. The district champions will have a bye. There'll be one other bye for a non-district champion, you know, the best of the the next tier. But everybody else will be playing each other. So there's about 50 teams, I believe it is, 3A, 1A, 2A. And uh, with that, you're going to see a lot more compelling matchups there. So, so ADM or DCG yeah. or Bondurant and DCGs, or Norwalk, They got Carlisle. a big one tonight. They got Winterset, who's 5-1. and one. That should be a really good game in Winterset. District title on the line, the bye on the line in that one. But yeah, we're going to have... Probably the three A's where we're going to be dipping okay. into. That's more than likely what we're looking at next week. So be reaching out to those small schools and should have some good ones. Again, it'll be regionalized, so a couple local teams just outside of the Metro. Uh, a couple of notes uh, college-wise with both the needle movers. Let's start with Iowa State. I'm sure you saw the damning report on Brock Purdy that the mm. boys at uh, Pro Football Focus uh, put together. It's not just you and I that thought that uh, he has... Um, Certainly hasn't got any better uh, since his freshman season. At least the eye test says that, and the analytics that these guys put into their efforts say the same thing. And again, it goes back to me. Uh, not that he's been awful. I don't want people to think that, but just some of the throws that he Trent uh, he got lucky twice, at least twice, at yeah, least twice, twice for against sure. Them. Yeah, yeah, two were egregious throws. Oh my god, they're just terrible reads, and they were terrible throws. Right, one was just knocked away. The other one kind of dropped. Mm-hmm. I mean. Throwing into quadruple coverage and nobody could come down with the football for Oklahoma. Well, you remember watching Brett Rippon against the Jets in his first start a couple mm-hmm. of Thursdays ago, and how bad some of those plays yeah. looked. That's kind of how Purdy looked against the against those, especially the throw in the end zone, yeah. the triple coverage. I know you've got a lot of faith in Kohler, and certainly Hutchinson. But man, oh man, and that if you haven't read it, and if you would like to read it, Pro Football Focus has it, and. Um, I don't know. The gist of the story is what has happened to Brock Purdy, or you know, obviously. I mean, this guy's a guy that was getting first round mock draft love, which is still crazy. It's nuts. He's not even. He's not an NFL draft pick. No, no, not right now. Not Not, not with the guy that we've seen. Not not based on the first games uh, that we've seen this year. But here's the bottom line: they're winning, (laughs) right? Undefeated in conference play. Undefeated in conference play, and um, that's uh, that's all anybody should care about. But. And I say, but there's going to come a Saturday where Brock Purdy's going to need to win a football game for this team. And the guy we've seen the first three weeks? I don't. Do you trust him? No. I don't. I don't at this point. And uh, could it happen Saturday? 
They, I know Fred, they've had Texas Tech's number. I'm with you. I Something think feels this is weird. a close game. I do too. And and it doesn't really matter. I don't think if Bowman can go or not. No, they're different. In what I don't they think he's do. going to. This Texas Tech. They're still going to throw the football around uh-huh. a ton. But I think a big part of that too is also predicated on Alan Bowman. He's not athletic. No, he's not a guy that's going to run. run. But Columbia, their backup, the yeah. kid they're transferred in with Wells from Utah State, he can run. Right. And they want to run the football more. They're going up against the Big 12's best defense, in my opinion. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Haycock's a witch. He is so good. that The adjustments he made, second half Oklahoma, um, is big of a factor in winning the football game as any of the other plays that were made on the field. And the chess match that's going to happen, Texas Tech has given up one sack all year. Why? Because they get the football out incredibly mm-hmm. quick. That means guys got to tackle in yep. space. You have to have everybody playing at a high level in your backfield. And the three-three-five. It's not used to generate a pass rush. It's used to keep that quarterback in the pocket, let your guys make plays back behind it. We'll see. This is a different. They played well against Tech. But Houston Baptist, they were night and day to win that football game. Now, as we found out uh, from Apparently, Chris week Level, one doesn't count in the Big 12, though, <laughs> really? right? Yeah, they'd like it not to count. But listen to Chris Level. I mean, they got a linebacker, Schooler, I think is the mm-hmm. kid that he said. He got he transferred from Arizona like Labor Day weekend. He named a half dozen guys that transferred in. Very, very late into the process. Yeah, like August. It is Brocktober, though. Don't forget. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully we see Brocktober because he's going to need to win a game in Brocktober. Uh, and uh, the Brock Purdy we've seen so far in Brocktober or September, I'm not sure has been good enough. Now, uh, yesterday, a couple of just one thing that stood out to me. I, you know, uh, the coach speak, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact we have a depth chart. And now it's starting to feel even more tangible that we are getting closer to the Big, Tw- Big Ten resuming play. Brian Ferentz opening his press conference yesterday with a, a good bit of contrition is how I took it. He wanted to make that very clear. Because I don't think he'd spoken, right? No. I don't think he had. And this was the first opportunity yesterday. So I think he needed to. Uh, in listening to the way he said it and then the words that were spoken, um, I think it was from the heart. Now, actions speak louder than words, as you've been told a million times as a kid or as, a, as you're growing up. Actions speak louder than words. Um, I think Brian Ferentz gets it. I have no doubt he loves the program. For crying out loud, he played in it. Uh, he's got a very nice life because of it. Uh, but I think he needed to do that, and I was glad to see that he started that. I know Seth Wallace did the same thing when he was talking about uh, you know the uh, the way he was uh, brought up in this uh, report as well. So the coaches that hadn't had an opportunity to speak finally said their piece yesterday, and I think that it's a couple of things. I think it needed to be said, but I also feel that closure, at least for now, the chapter has been closed. Not that there can't be another chapter written, mm-hmm. but doesn't it feel like that to you that they needed to say this, that now it's about football? I was shocked. I that, really That was. he started like that? That he not only said it, but said it in a way, like you said, that had he was contrition. Contr- yeah, absolutely. Because from what we know about Brian Ferentz, that's not that guy. No. Talking to people in Iowa City that know him, know him not just as a football coach, but also in different ways of life, he's an a-hole. Yeah. Yes. Right. And to come out, and there have been plenty of examples to back that up. <laughs> it's, it's not very difficult, right? The, anybody that's had interactions, that's how he is. That's how he's wound. Uh-huh. But to do it in that fashion, to do it, this jolted him. I think Trent. It didn't feel like lip service. No, I'm it with you. felt real. Mm-hmm. Now, there's plenty of good actors. We knew yeah. a pretty good one that could put on oh, a pretty God. good face about things. Yeah. 
But I believed it. I yeah, believed when's his trial, was, by the way? I have no idea. I haven't been keeping I track. think it's this month. Really? Yeah. I think it is. I've been hearing that for a while, haven't we? Yeah, that's true. But for Brian Ferentz to come out to say the things that he did, to do it, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And, and we'll see if that actually plays out. But hearing the players the last two days and then hearing Brian come out right away and say those kind of things, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And I believe this was, like you said, the jolt that not just him, but the program as yeah. a whole needed. Seth Wallace, likewise. Yes. And he was another name yeah. that was mentioned multiple times in there. Well, yeah. It was good. Yeah, it, it was necessary, and it's uh, they said it. And again, we'll, we'll see if they and, I, and we'll see. Uh, we'll also see in two weeks football. How about that? Not I even like that. How about that? Is right. Yeah, it is two weeks. Uh, anyways, time to uh, give you another opportunity for a thousand dollar handoff. Text the keyword "happy" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. Happy to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, twenty five minutes after. The hour of ten o'clock. Tom Cakert is going to join us. Bottom of the hour. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Chiefs. It's Raiders Week. Raiders and Chiefs will go at it this weekend. Uh, that's one of the local games. Eagles. Who do the Eagles play? Steelers. Eagles. Steelers. That's one of the. That's the game up against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then the late game on Fox is the wrong game. It's the wrong game. They had an opportunity locally to show us Browns. Browns. Colts. And they went Giants-Cowboys? Giants-Cowboys. I mean, I guess it's America's team, it but is. my God. Looking at the map also, it's crazy. Most of the country, that's what they're getting. They're serving up Cowboys-Giants. Oh, boy. Is that where the Cowboys is? certainly one of the top fan bases in the country. They're a huge draw. They're a huge draw. And the Giants have a decent fan base even outside of New York. But they don't have a win. They don't have a win. He's been saying all week the best game on the yes. slate is the Browns and the Colts. And thank goodness for Sunday tickets. I'll say. Uh, Tom Caker next. Uh, Mitch Holtis, 10 minutes before the hour, 11 o'clock or thereabouts. He will join us. Miller and Condon till noon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Just spoke with a Cowboy fan during the break, commiserating about his squad. Tyron Smith, their outstanding left tackle, now out for the year. That just broke during Frederick has been banged up. Offensive line that was so good. There's a couple of pieces. Maybe six wins will win that division. (laughs) Six ahead, a race to six. And you get a home game. I doubt it would be that bad. Anyways, Tom Caker joins the program as we talk Hawks. We recap the three-day virtual media days. Tom, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Tom Caker. How are things? Things are things are good. Been busy, um, which is good. Yep. We like busy. Got a depth um, chart so, to go yeah. over. You got a depth chart. I mean, life is good. Yeah, absolutely, feels a, a little chart. normal, does it not, uh, Tom? I want to start. It with... It does. It felt. It felt really normal. Yeah, except I mean, you were there yesterday. You zoomed the first two days, right, with the players, uh, but with the coaches, sure. I, I believe it was in person. I, I want to start there I, with Brian Ferentz. Um, you know, and good for him. I think he needed to do so. Uh, because he hadn't spoken since the the, the, the situation arose in uh, in June with the allegations, etc. Uh, I sensed a lot of contrition. Um, 
I, I did. I'm anxious to hear your take on this. And you know what? Um, actions speak louder than words, as our parents told us all the time growing up. Uh, so he said that. Now he's on the record as be- believing that um, you know he understood uh, what he needs to do going forward. I sense contrition, Tom. How about you? I did too. I I thought um, I thought he handled it really well. I thought Brian, um, you know, he was the elephant in the room. We were all waiting to hear what Brian would have to say and mm-hmm. if we would have to ask or if he was just going to do it on his own. Uh, and I'll say this too, Seth Wallace. We didn't even ask about the Jack Kallenberger stuff. He waited around, and there was a little break, and he came back up and basically wanted to talk about wow. it and wanted to get it out there. So um, that, that he wanted to talk about how he had spoken with Jack Kallenberger, um, you know, about the comments that Jack had attributed to Coach Wallace and how he had talked to Jack. He had talked to the Kallenberger family, uh, his parents, and had talked to Mark. Who's on the team still? You know? <laughs> and um, but I thought Brian handled it really well. I you know there's he and, and Brian nailed it on himself. I mean he he basically said I asked the, the foreign player and he said sometimes you can come off as flippant and he can he can uh-huh. and he does sometimes and um, you know ever all of us do sometimes I think but he I thought he really grasped it and understands it and now it's. The proof will be in the pudding, I guess. And we still have to see how this is going to play out if the season goes awry. Well, I think a lot of people will point back to what happened this summer as a reason for it. The depth chart is out, though, and looking through this depth chart, there were some surprises in there. We'll certainly get into a couple of those. But again, my takeaway, boy, it feels like there is a ton of talent on this team. We know recruiting has gone better the last couple of seasons, and at least on the depth chart, it feels like that is showing up, Tom. It does, and they they do have a lot of talent. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, we kind of talked about this before, I'm sure, but I mean, this is the most talented group of wide receivers they've had, and um, they've got plenty of guys that they can go to. Um, just offensively, it seems like this could be a really good team. Um, in defense, you know, it's inexperienced, but I think there's a lot of talent there, and I thought it was interesting they talked about uh, the linebackers being the maybe the most talented group and Phil talking just about how big those guys are and they and they are all those guys are like you know six three to six five kind of linebackers that are just big and rangy and uh, and, and can run sideline to sideline so um, it's it's an interesting uh, Phil's got some decisions to make on the defensive side what he's going to do with Dane Belton I think mm-hmm. that's probably the one domino that's going to have to fall into place before we know what's going to happen. Is Dane Belton going to be at strong safety or is he going to be at the cash? And if he's at the cash, is it going to be, uh, Riley? Uh, who it's, uh, it sounded like, it sounded like if they, if Belton's at safety, then, then Moss is going to be at cash and then they uh-huh. start Brent's and, and Hankins at the cornerback positions. Interesting. You know what else I took away from that, Tom is, and, um, Reading the Mark Emmert's piece at the Des Moines Register today, he kind of backed it up. Uh, Phil Parker was, you know, the linebackers are good. My problem's in the secondary. I kind of, now, what's he doing here? Is, is he uh, trying to build up that linebacker core? I think there's more questions there. Maybe it's just the fact we know the names and we've seen the guys in the secondary play before. But I look as, um, you know, of the three units on defense, I think bigger question marks linebacker-wise. But Phil Parker, he says it's the other way around. 
I, I think that's that's uh, a position coach being very hard on his players, right. <laughs> and maybe trying to send a message to all of them is what I think. Just knowing Phil a little bit, uh, I still think their biggest question mark is up front. I really do. You do? Okay. I don't. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, I mean, they've got kind of a nice rotation. Where's the pass rush going to come from? Mm. That's the question you have to. Because when Iowa has not had a pass rush, it's always been a rough year for them. Yeah. This task, and and they're going to have to manufacture it a little bit. There's no AJ Epinesa or Anthony Nelson mm-hmm. up there who you can say, yeah, I think that guy can probably get ten sacks. Who's that guy this year? I mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Golson hasn't shown that uh, that he's been a, a prol- prolific uh, sack getter even last year when he played a lot. So I just don't know who that guy is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's that guy at least mm. at the defensive end position. Maybe the most impactful tackle loss kind of guy is Davion Nixon in the middle, and he's not going to get ten sacks. You wouldn't think at the defensive tackle position. That is a concern there. Linebacker group. How about punter Tory Taylor listed at the top spot? The Australians come in and has never played in a game before. His first appearance will be more than likely against Purdue. He's never been to a football game. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Never been to a football game. Never seen one live. You know, nuts? never played in one. Never been in one. I mean, yeah, all he's done is the Pro Cook Australia stuff and just training kind of thing. So yeah, it's wild. He's you know, twenty three. Just turned twenty three years old, and he's he's a guy who's um, you know never been to a game. And so his first game that he'll ever attend will be Iowa Purdue, right. and he may be back there punting. So um, yeah, it's it was fun talking to Levar Woods about his trip to Australia and how it took him like 27 hours and he had a long layover in San Francisco. So he went over to watch George Kittle and CJ Beathard cross nice. play football. And, uh, it was pretty fun talking to him about that. Uh, that that's cool. That's an, I had no idea about that story, Tom, that he's never seen a game. The first one you'll see now, will that game take place on Friday or Saturday? And Tom, I, as much, I don't care about kickoff times. I just, I'd like these Friday night games, right? When are they going to tell us what we're getting on Friday night? I thought it was going to be Monday. Doc swore it was Monday, Tuesday at the latest. What are you hearing, if anything? You know what was interesting? That Friday thing came up about three or four times yesterday. Just that the the coaches kind of mentioned it. And it made my spidey sense go off. That That they know. Are they really going to put this game on a Friday? Are they really going to do that? And it just... I just want to know from from travel perspective, right. so I can stop at exit four in uh, on my way to to uh, West Lafayette uh, on Interstate seventy four, so I can get a meal. And if I'm going to be doing that uh, at a different time, or if I'm going to do it on my way back on a Saturday, right, I, I got to find all these things out. Got to get that beef house. Got to get what the rolls is that? What the, they're famous for? Apparently, yeah. Everybody tweets about them. The rolls. The yeah. rolls. Beef's okay. Rolls off the, off the chain, man. They're really good. So uh, opportunity to talk to a bunch of the different players. Your takeaways from that. I know Spencer Petras, obviously the quarterback, is going to get a lot. What else did you take away talking to the players uh, the two days before the coaches yesterday? Um, they're back to being pretty guarded. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like, uh, you know, we were thinking maybe these guys would be a little loose and, you know, share some things, and, uh, boy, it just it seemed like they didn't want to say a whole lot. Uh, at times, not even anything. You know, you just ask them, well, who's looked good at your position? Oh, everybody's looked, you know, they just didn't want to give us a whole lot of anything. So any little nugget like, 
hey, Charlie Jones has been running with the ones, became like headline news for those of us who cover the team. So that's, now it was, it was, Petrus was good though. I mean, he's, he's, uh, media savvy and he's a deadhead which is also entertaining well there's always somebody in august normally uh like a charlie jones there's always that charlie jones of the month of august and he's certainly been the guy that's uh being getting uh, getting a lot of chatter his way so what's the over under catches for him both of you guys who like to fire at these things uh is 20 too many for <laughs> charlie jones i mean look at they got a lot of depth there's a lot of guys that can catch the football on this team. And it's just a nine-game season. That's just I it. would certainly take the under I on think that. I would, too. What about you, Tom? Under. Going under. We're going to have to adjust yeah. then because you guys are going to crush me. Yeah, yeah. You're 15? Gonna... Under. Wow. Under. Yeah. Nice. He might under. catch eight, ten passes, something like I th- that. I, I think to get me to get me thinking about the over, you'd have to go to ten and a half. Okay. That few interesting. Uh, uh, Here's the other thing you got to think about too, guys. With with some of those things is, um, you know, we talked to Cami Powell, the trainer, about it yesterday. At least I did. But the, the soft tissue injuries, and you're seeing that all over the place with receivers. Just the hamstrings are just going to be going. So uh, you may get down that depth chart, and Charlie mm-hmm. Jones may be out there more, and then it's going to blow right past that number. Who's the Who's the one guy on the receiver? To me, it's Regani. You know, that's going to come out. We're all expecting Brandon Smith and Smith Marset. We th- we're convinced that these guys are both going to have really good years, right? Uh, likewise, at the at the tight end position, we're we're going to do fine there. They got a dude in Laporta who flashed last year in, in his freshman campaign. I think Regani. Uh, of the sophomores is uh, Tyrone Tracy might be, might be the guy, but Regani for me. Who for, who for you, Tom? Is the guy that maybe you know what the theoretical over under total of receptions that we'd put out there that's going to fly over that number and really make an impact on this offense? I would go with Tracy. Would you? I just, I, you know, Regani. I think let him in receptions last year anyway. So. I suspect he's going to be a little bit of a volume guy, mm-hmm. but I kind of think. Tracy has got that potential to to kind of have a little bit of a breakout here this year. Finish up with little hoops with you, Tom Kicker, HawkeyeReport.com, with us on Miller and Condon on KXNO. Gonzaga, it's been scheduled. No Oregon State. The Beavers are out, and we get the Bulldogs instead. A pretty big trade there in South Dakota. Iowa State on the non-conference schedule, ACC Big Ten schedule. Outside of that in the 20-game conference schedule, anything else schedule-wise you're hearing? Um, they're going to do their their uh, multi-team event, the MC and Iowa yeah. City. But we don't know is if they're going to stick with the same teams that were there, which were like North Carolina Central and Southern and South Dakota. But I'm sure if Iowa's going to pay them. I'm sure those guys will show up because they want the payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And Fran had said he's going to honor contracts. So it, I'm sure those contracts were locked in. So um, they'll probably play you know, two games in uh, Iowa City. Um, but Fran said he's going to play 27 uh, with the MTE. So, um, yeah, so there's five other games. Doesn't sound like Gavit games are going to happen, which is unfortunate because mm. I, I thought Iowa-Creighton would have been oh, kind of a fun game this year. awesome. Indeed. Boy, uh, speaking of Creighton and speaking of teams that used to be in the Valley, if you read the uh, Greg Marshall oh. piece, whew. Tom, you, you ran across Ooh. Marshall a few times. I know it. And Mrs. You. Marshall, who's certifiably nuts. <laughs> yes. We were uh, around them uh, down. Uh, Doctorman and I were there in Cancun uh, at the, when Iowa played down there. 
and Wichita was there. It was back when they had Malcolm Armstead as their point guard. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so we're in that ballroom. And, yeah, she's the wife is nuts. Right. She's crazy. Um, and he's nuts, and he's weird. Um, he's gotten by because Charles Koch yep. kind of bankrolled him. But yep. there's a reason that nobody, none of these Power Five schools went after him because he had the resume that would suggest he should have been at a big, big name Power Five school, and nobody ever touched him. And now we're finding out why. It would be interesting to see if he survives this, but you mentioned a magic name that certainly has his back and is in his corner in uh, one of the Koch brothers, so we'll see how that goes. Tom, great stuff. Thank you for doing this. We'll talk to you a week from uh, today. Thanks, Tom Kakert. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Tom Kakert. HawkeyeReport.com as he joins us. Speaking of those multi-team events, the Northern Iowa Panthers will be going over to Nebraska to uh, face off, eight teams going to be making their way there. Of course, Nebraska, the host, Nevada, um, Illinois State, LSU, and Cleveland State all going to be at that event. Drake will be going to Kansas State for their MTE. Uh, MTE. It'll be Colorado K-State and South Dakota State there. So any plans, any hopes of having something downtown Des Moines? Sounds like that's mm, Yeah, I don't. Right. Doesn't, weren't, they, weren't both of those schools, at, or at least Northern Iowa, going somewhere where there was palm trees? There I were, I don't think yeah. there are in Lincoln. I lived there for one fall. I don't recall no? seeing any. Uh, we'll come back with Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Miller and Condon, till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Only have a few minutes, so let's get right to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's Mitch Holtis, brought to us by our friends Papa John's here in central uh, Iowa. More about that. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Before we look forward to Raider Week, let's look back to the uh, Patriots. Mitch, I didn't think the Chiefs played particularly well. Did you look at the scoreboard and they win by better than two touchdowns? Uh, did you feel the same way? I mean, it's Bill Belichick, and it's, I mean, he's always going to have a plan up his sleeve. Um, you're, just your thoughts on the Patriots game. Well, the three, the it was thrown off gravity, uh, and honestly, I apologize for missing it last week. But I, I'll tell you what happened. I was getting a call from Providence from a friend that goes, "Something weird may be happening here." Like that, it came down Saturday morning, but there was like glimpses of it Friday of like it could get weird. Well, everything changed, as you know. It was Defcom five or six on Saturday because the game gets switched yeah. and moved. It may not be played, and it was weird. So that kind of threw everything off the axis of this game to begin with. But let's give credit to Bill Belichick. I mean, a lot of people don't like him. He's Darth Vader. Where's the cutoff hoodie? What a, you know, what a dude here. Uh, but honestly, he can concoct some defenses now. He's as in, ingenious a genius on defense as Andy Reid is on offense. And I think we got to give Belichick some credit here for putting a lot of mud in the Kool-Aid. It, it was. It was an incredible effort. And the craziness continues now. This week, have a game against the Raiders. Okay, normal. And then after that, supposed to be Thursday. Now that's being moved just on and on and on. This season, how are the players handling just the continued wondering? Patrick Mahomes talking after after the game. Did he contract for Gilmore? Just on and on and on. This season, unlike any other. How have the players responded in your mind, Mitch? Well, so far they've stayed on it, but it gets harder and harder as these days and weeks go on. Just think about I'm trying to take you back to last Friday and Saturday and how nutty it was. And then both two teams have to, like, recalibrate the play. 
uh, here again, even though, like, why does the Titans testing positive with 23 guys affect the Chiefs? Well, you alluded to it. We were to play the Bills a week from last night and then the Raiders on Sunday, but now it's the Bills playing Tuesday, and now we're going to play next Sunday. This can move like a speedboat. You can have seven-inning doubleheaders, and although it's tough, play three days and doubleheaders every day. Football is an ocean liner. You can't move it that fast. And it just affects your entire organization, not just your players and coaches. Creed has a mantra, eliminate distractions. That's being tested. Yep. It's being tested all over the place, up and down and side to side, and it's being tested now. The Chiefs must maintain their focus. I said in mathematics, absolute value on Sunday. Can't let it drift to what the future may or may not be. You've got to lock in on the Raiders and on Sunday. You know, it's Raider week, Trent, uh, Trent Mitch, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you too, Trent. Uh, but, but Mitch, it's got to feel a little bit different, right? I mean, I know Raider week is, it seems like that's the fans that really take a hold of this thing and limited fans in the stands. Is this Raider week anywhere close to what Raider week when they come to Arrowhead is, or is it just 2020 all over again? No, Ken, it, it's, it's for real. And one is thing it? I like about Coach Reed is, yeah, one thing I like about Coach Reed is he embraces the rivalry. He grew up with it. He remembers as a little kid, he loved Mike Garrett. He was a big yeah. SC fan. And so he liked the Chiefs. He liked the choir huddle. He liked Lenny Dawson. He loved Mike Garrett. And he remembers those games against the Raiders. So he thinks it's a privilege. So does Gruden to run on the field and be a part of this rivalry. It's the same thing, Packers, Bears. We can go right down the line. No, this rivalry's on, man. And both coaches uh, think it's for real. Mahomes uh, said the other night that the hug with uh, with Gilmore was a mental lapse. Are you going to anticipate all the Chiefs this week after the game against the Raiders? Uh, there might be usually some handshakes, and we know the jersey exchanging isn't happening anymore, just to walk off the field uh, by themselves and, and exit out of the stadium. Yeah, did you see the game last night after the Buccaneers-Bears game? I think about a third of the Bucks team just went off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady didn't go you right. know, elbow, throw hug, or whatever with uh, Bulls, he just ran off the field. I think we're approaching that, and I think we're approaching the NFL saying just, you know, we'll just walk off. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to mitigate all this. NFL's not happy, guys. They are not nope. happy. And I always say put the hammer down at the start of the fourth quarter. I think they're looking at putting the hammer down on the Titans. I mean, they were super close to a forfeit, but there's, there's going to be some stuff coming down on this. The NFL is breathing fire. Staying within the COVID protocols, our team has since July. I've talked to you guys about that even through our training camp reports. I'm telling you, the, the NFL is serious about this. So I think the hey, let's all go shake hands and how you doing, how's things, are going to end. It's just like guys just go off the field. You can text them later. Uh, Mitch, uh, we got 90 seconds left. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked about the Donaldsons and what they do here in Central Iowa. Of course, the good folks at Papa John's. Why don't you catch us up on what's going on? Well, you know what I love about them? Ever since COVID, we're in eight months of this now. People, are, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to minimize this, they're so serious, Ken, about being, you know, uh, customer safe and, uh, these pizzas come out hot and fresh and no hands touch it, right? They've got a whole system set up. Uh, and then what they're doing for JDRF, I cannot overstate it. Uh, the work that they do and the donations they give to Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation of Iowa. You can have others on your show talking about it, but yeah, we're selling pizza and yeah, it's great to watch the cyclones and we'll get the Hawkeyes soon, but 
they're they're serious about it, helping GDRF and selling beats and doing it. You know, protecting us as much as we can with the COVID virus. Uh, so talk- let's go, baby. Let's do it. Absolutely, Mitch. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Thank you, Ken. Good to Thanks, talk Ken. to you, uh, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Our number two, Claxton's giveaway, our picks. Dave Sproul on Iowa State and Bevan Bob kicks it off on college football. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.